Welcome to the R&R Experience Podcast. My name is Raquel, not Rachel. And I'm Regina, not Regina. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Ty Williams. He is going to talk to us about his personal journey with weight loss and personal training. Regina, would you like to give some background information about Ty Williams? Sure. Ty Williams is a military veteran and the owner of Noble Fitness Training, LLC. He is a certified personal trainer through the International Sports Science Association, as well as a motivational speaker and mindset coach. Ty was awarded Rookie of the Year by the Chesterfield Chamber of Commerce for 2023. He has been featured on several podcasts, Channel 12 News, ESPN Radio, and several community events to promote health and wellness. His greatest accomplishment was losing over 130 pounds 16 years ago. Since then, he has been paying his knowledge forward by helping his clients improve their overall health and lifestyle. He truly lives by his motto, helping others go above and beyond to become great. So welcome to the show, Ty. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me be a part of the R&R Experience podcast. I'm truly a pleasure of mine. Yes, welcome, welcome. So wanted to go all the way back, Ty. Uh, I'm not going to ask you your age. I won't do that. But I do want to talk about a little bit about your childhood and about your eating habits maybe in elementary school. What was that like? I pretty much grew up in a small town called Petersburg, Virginia. And I was raised by my grandmother. And around that time, even as a child, I always struggled with my weight. I was what they call a greedy child. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a lot of cousins that would come over. And back then we had a motto, you couldn't go play until you eat all your food. And you couldn't get anything to drink until you ate all your food, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So with my cousins, I was the heaviest one. So with them wanting to play, they would say, hey, Ty, you want this? So I'm thinking, okay, cool. So I would basically be sitting at the table with four plates left with food while they go play. And I started to consume food, a lot of food at an early age. Oh wow! So you're part of the clean plate crew. I guess yes. we were all part of that where you had to, if your parents put food on your plate, you had to eat all of it, right? Didn't matter yes. if you liked it or not. I pretty much ate all the time because I had this love affair with food, like I said, at an early age, because as most people do, they associate fun with food. And most of my happiest times were with food. Mm-hmm. You, you may not remember what outfit you wore, but you a lot of times remember what you ate. And that's kind of what I did. And even when I did do chores around the house and started to get money, the only thing that was pretty much available to us was a Dairy Queen, a Hawks barbecue, and also maybe five, six different convenience stores. So I was going to get junk, a snack cake, some fries or a milkshake. I constantly wanted food. But the one thing I didn't know, it made me feel good. Mm. What was your grandmother's approach to healthy eating? Was it we're just going to get food on the plate? Doesn't matter if you have the five food groups represented? Yeah, and that's pretty much what it was. There wasn't a lot of things available. My neighborhood was pretty much a food desert. There wasn't a grocery store for about five to eight miles away from us. So we went to grocery store once a week. We got things that could feed everybody that was in the house. So it was probably seven of us in the three-bedroom house, plus we had cousins and people that would come by. But the one thing I did remember a lot of times is that we didn't have any real meat. A lot of times you had fam, oh. um, oatmeal, sugar rice. So you have all these things to feed a lot of people, yes. but you necessarily didn't have the nutrients that you needed. Mm-hmm. That's, That's very common. So organic was not 
part of the vocabulary. Oh, no, that, no, no, that wasn't. Put it this way. We had can openers, canned goods. Um, like, I tell, like I tell my clients today, a lot of times no one is going to teach you about nutrition because what my parents and grandparents did, they just passed down what was taught to them was just make sure you ate. And that was it. It really wasn't anybody sitting down and said, hey, oh, you can have your spaghetti or you can have greens. So she just made sure that we ate. And mm-hmm. a lot of times so we just ate what we could get our hands on. You know, that was it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know you've talked about your love affair with food and you lost over 130 pounds 16 years ago. So what was your breaking point? What caused you to realize, okay, I got to change something? Me, my breaking point was I had started to develop anxieties. I had always dealt with my weight all through life. I would gain weight, lose weight. But once I came out of the military, I would say more so. I had started just picking up weight at a at a rapid pace. And I got to a point where I didn't recognize myself. So I had started dealing with anxieties. I kind of didn't want to hang out with my friends. None of my clothes really fit the way they wanted to. And I was always the fun-loving, jokey person in my family. And one morning I had woke up and my face was just super wide. My stomach was super far. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, who is this person? Mm -hmm. And the only thing I could think about was to to pray. I pretty much broke out crying like a Mm. kid, you know, and I fell to my knees and I looked in the mirror and I said, God, if you help me lose this weight, I promise you'll never see this man again. And that day I stopped eating fast food. Mm, That's powerful. Yeah, that is powerful because I know for some people it takes them a while to jump into that mindset. But for you, it sounds like you decided this is what I'm going to do. And that was it. I had been trying to figure out as I got older and identity. And the one thing I knew was that I wanted to lose weight. I just didn't know how. I would always tell myself, I'm going to lose weight, but I would still go to the same fast food restaurants. Uh-huh. I would still go to my family cookouts and try to eat them out of house and home. <laughs> I would still do all those things. And I was like, if I keep doing the same thing, looking for a different result, that's just insanity. So at some point, I just had a breaking point. Did I know how to lose all that weight? No. I, I read books. I went online. I would go to the gym. I would ask God, how'd you get your arms like that? Or how'd you get your abs like that? Some people to help me. Some people to be like, man, get out of here. Go get a donut. No, but <laughs> I knew for me, I just couldn't stop. I knew that I had this fire inside of me because of all the food, all the, the negativity I put on myself to become better, I wanted to erase every part of that person that I had become and become something different. I wanted to go back to the social piece of it. The relationship with food has an emotional and it has a mental social component to it. You ate to feel good. Socially, how was it with your peer group, uh, getting along with your friends and your weight? How did that affect you? It just brings people together. It wasn't too bad because, like I said, I was always funny. I would always joke. I would always, I could always get the attention off of my weight. But the problem for me wasn't really in my social group. The problem was for me was when I got home and I was by myself because then that's when it would hit. It was like, what are you doing? You're you're overweight. You don't look right. You don't feel good. I can get away with it like most people. They can show face in front of anybody. Uh-huh. But when you're alone is when it really was too heavy uh-huh. for me to carry. How did you know about personal training? How did you stumble across that? 
honestly, I didn't know what personal training was. I just started doing something. And once I started doing something, when I tell you, I did everything from classes, online <laughs> programs, to working out with friends and family. I just was trying things and, and I was able to be successful. And what happened after that was I didn't know that so many people were paying attention to me. I had people at my job at the time, they were walking up to me saying, me and my wife stopped drinking sodas. We don't go to restaurants like that. People started asking, can I help them? And I would give them all the tips I could, but I wanted to be able to help them in a professional way. And once I started flirting with the idea of, wow, I could be a personal trainer. I was working full time at the time and it was just something that I could do part time, but I didn't want to do anything where I didn't have the proper knowledge to help people get to that point. I wanted to be official and also know what I was doing could work on someone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Todd, did you have a a fear when you got started or because I know you said you would look in the mirror and be like, who is this? And how you would say like, oh, my gosh, look at look at my stomach. Look at this. But did you have a fear of maybe failure when you started? Yes. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I would say the hardest thing for me was but when you're younger, we're taught a lot of us are taught that deflect things. If somebody walk up to you and say, hey, no, where you get those shoes from? That's a dope necklace. Where you get that from? You're like, ah, oh, this ain't nothing. This old, my sister gave it to me. Mm-hmm. We're taught to deflect. And people don't realize that a lot of times you internalize those things. So what happened was, as I was getting success at losing weight, all of a sudden, muscle started to pop up. And I was in the bathroom like, hold on, I don't supposed to look like this. I see the potential. <laughs> like, who is this person I'm looking at? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And it was more like, who is this person and who could this person become? And it was almost like, like, I got to stop. Now, I'm not supposed to look like that. So I kind of internalized all the negative, all the things that I didn't want to become. And I really literally almost stopped my whole process right in the middle of it. Mm. But something, a voice came to me and said, Ty, keep going. It just said, Ty, keep going. Don't stop. And I really am truly thankful for that voice because (laughs) it helped me to get to where I am now. But I can understand what some people get afraid of what they can become once they start to do um, the things that they want to do. Yeah. And that leads to my question. So, As you're progressing, how do you navigate that fat kid that you have in your head? And I don't want to offend anybody by using the word fat, but that overweight person, right? As you're getting muscles, mentally, you probably are thinking that I'm still that person, right? So how do you how do you navigate all of that? It's hard. I would say that across the board for a lot of people, not just myself, no matter what you look like, there's always something that you feel like you can work on. And for me, is it's a sense of accomplishment. It's, it's so easy to say yes, but it's so hard to say no. And I think a lot of times now when I see food or I have the opportunity to eat a lot of things, I look at it as, hey, I don't want to eat that stuff. I eat that stuff so much. And I knew what that stuff where it took me and I don't want to go back down that road. So it's kind of like my own self-defense mechanism. When I look at myself, sometimes I feel like I am, you know, that hasn't really went away because somebody could walk up to me right now and say, oh man, you look great. You look great. And sometimes I have to remind myself to bring positive energy because I can be like, who you looking at? You know, like me. <laughs> you talking about me? This yeah, exactly. Year? Me, yeah. <laughs> I may not feel like that in a moment, but I've learned over time now to just 
take those um, compliments and just say thank you because I don't want to block my blessing. I want to be an inspiration to other people and I don't want people to feel like he's arrogant and it's not that. It's just that I went so far to get to where I am now that I'm not trying to go back down that road. Yeah, I think how we see ourselves in our mind mm -hmm. image sometimes does not match the outside. So we have to really get our thinking in order. You know, so we do a lot of the positive self-talk. That's when you're talking. That's what I'm thinking of. You're telling yourself positive things, affirmations. I deserve this. I look good. That's not arrogant. I look good. I deserve. <laughs> uh, I've worked hard. I deserve all of this. So really reminding yourself that you've worked for the success. But it is a mindset. It, it's hard Definitely. because what we think is how we feel about ourselves. So Definitely. Yeah. And you just have to be consistent. And that's the biggest thing of what my whole training program is. Once you become consistent in one area of your life, I don't care if starting to get your nutrition down or starting to exercise, you'll find that if you could just lock that down, that consistency will translate to your job, to your bills, to everything around you to make you a better person overall. When I train people, I don't train them just to lose weight and just get healthy. I train them to try to be better overall people. And I think that's the hard part for a lot of people because they see fitness and they'll say, oh, I ain't worried about a six pack. I'm not worried about that. No, it's more than that. It's a level of discipline and consistency, consistency that's going to help you get to the next level. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are definitely on that. Just being consistent. For our listeners, Ty is actually my personal trainer. So he <laughs> preaches that all the time. For me, I did not have expectations um, as far as personal training. I'm probably like a lot of people. You see celebrities sometimes they talk about their personal trainers and it's like, oh, that would be cool. Wish I had the money to do that. And but I really didn't have any expectations. So um, it's definitely challenging and it's definitely something that will bring out, as you say, the best in you, because I can honestly say that when I started with you, if you ask me today, what I think I would be doing the things I am doing now, I would definitely tell you no. <laughs> I would probably laugh and say, uh, -uh I'm, no, that's not happening. So that leads me to say, what are the key elements to success. If someone decides, hey, I want to do this, what are the key elements for success? I would say one of the biggest things first is just forgiveness. Before mm -hmm. you start any program, uh, what I do is homework with a lot of my clients um, and it's part of mindset coaching. So the same way I started my journey, go in your bathroom, set your time on your phone for three minutes, look in that mirror. Don't look away from the mirror. Don't look around, check and see if you got toilet paper. Don't look and see if soap in the shower. <laughs> look at yourself for three minutes straight, right? And when that timer goes off on your phone, say to yourself, I forgive you. And from this day forward, I promise to love you the way that you should be loved. I think that part right there would allow you to let go of some of that baggage you have been carrying and start a new journey. That's day one. And also is that what I find in my line of work is that a lot of people want results fast. Take your time. It tests You've everybody. Been doing this for a long time. Everybody <laughs> wants it fast. If you sign up today, fast you can lose. Exactly. You ain't going to lose it by next month, right? I tell people, give themselves grace. You're doing good. You're starting a program. You're starting to look at your life in a different way. I don't start my clients off hot and heavy. 
take your time. If you start doing something, I call it coming off the couch. If you're coming off the couch, you may want to work out one to two days a week. And then if you start to get stronger, then you progress. Don't try to go in there the first week. You went every day. And then the <laughs> next week, you like, oh, I went every day last week. I'm going to take this week off. So you're not creating consistency <laughs> that way, right? Those are the things. And my biggest top three things, I would say, um, is stress level. Um, you'd be surprised mm. what your stress level would do because if you have a high stress level, your body creates cortisol. Cortisol creates belly fat. Belly fat turns to visceral fat. Visceral fat turns into a heart attack. So when they say stress to kill you, literally, that's stress. It's killing you. Right? Yeah. So you have to lower that because when you get anxious, upset, and all these different things, you're creating the very thing you're trying to lose. You're creating belly fat and you're trying to lose it. So definitely a big focus on stress. Another key is sleep. If you don't get rest, it's going to add to your stress. You have to get rest. That's when everything regenerates. Your brain gets to regenerate. Your eyes get rest. Your body rests. You lose okay. weight when you sleep. You can't, you don't do it when you lift your weights. You do it when you sleep. And water. Where our bodies are pretty much 85% water. So you got to drink water. Water flushes water. And those three things are my top three things before you even start a program. If you can get those things under control, you'll be much more successful in starting one. Very good. Very good stuff. So someone's coming to you. They can come for weight loss or weight gain. They want to lose fat, gain muscle. So I know there's different approaches for each one of those. Let's start with weight loss. If you wanted to lose weight, what approach do you use for that? Um, Pretty much for weight loss. When a person comes in, I kind of meet them where they are. Everybody's body's different. A lot of people think that there's just one program and you can fit everybody into this box. Everybody's not going to fit into that box. So what I try to do is and look and see what they've been eating. Oh, the same things I just said, stress level, um, are they getting rest, water, and help them come up with a, a program that is sustainable because I can give you this awesome program, but if you can't do it, it's not going to help you, you know? So I pretty much customize a program for them to help them lose weight. And I don't weight people because there's no number that's ever going to find you. Uh -huh. Whether it's your weight, your address, your income, it all changes, right? I want you to chase credit a score. Mm -hmm. Exactly, it all changes, right? Because everybody is like the scale; they're obsessed with the scale, and, jumping yeah, on every like, day. You get on the scale every day. It's not a person; it just tells you a number, and you mm -hmm. instantly get mad. Do you know you can gain stress from just getting on the scale every day? Yeah, you assign a lot to that number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing I tell people: let it go. When I wake up every morning, I chase a feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And that feeling is being happy. And that's mm -hmm. all I want to be because at the end of the day, confidence is is what you're really going to develop. Because if you don't have confidence, I don't care what you look like. You can be 300 pounds, 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. It's not going to matter because you're never going to be at a perfect weight or a feel good. So if you chase happiness, you'll be surprised at what that gets you. So if somebody wants to you know, lose fat, do you have a different approach for that person? And if they're male or female with guys, they have more muscle mass so their body can burn more fat than a female can. Why so, is uh, that? I hate that. Because <laughs> you just have more muscle mass. But see, the good thing about the female form is that 
A woman can lose five to 10 pounds and look like they lost a lot of weight. A man has to lose almost 30 pounds before he looked like he even lost five. But it's quicker for men to lose weight, though. So that's. Yeah, that's the part we don't like. It's only because of the muscle mass. But the thing is, you could lose less weight and look better. That's the key. They both have their advantages. The one thing I will say that helped me change my body was weight training. And that was because I could build muscle and that muscle could burn fat. Muscle burns fat 24-7. If you need cardio, cardio is good. But that's all you're doing. You're not building muscle, right? So you can go out here and walk for two hours. As soon as you finish walking, your body stops burning. Mm. And what most people are going to do. They're going to go and say, ooh, I walked for two hours. I need to go to Chipotle. <laughs> I, no, I deserve that bowl. cookie. I deserve <laughs> my cookie. You That's right. You big bowl, guacamole, and chips <laughs> on the side, and you realize it's not helping. You When you lift weights, you're building muscle. If you ever take notice, if you go in the gym, sometimes if you go to the first floor where the treadmills are, you see a lot of people that almost look like they're in shape or just in there working out. But when you go to the weight area, you see a lot of people that have more muscles or they mm-hmm. look more defined. It's a reason for that, right? Most people are going to go in there and play around with the, a machine. You do one or two sets with it. Then you look up, ooh, <laughs> treadmills, ellipticals. I'm going over there for 45 minutes. And mm-hmm. you think you will get this body that you see in magazines, but it just don't work like that. Yeah, because I was always afraid of that section. I'd be like, oh, no, nah, that's that's not the section for me. <laughs> it can be intimidating if you don't know how to work the machine or equipment. And that's why you have healthcare professionals, right? You have personal trainers because a lot of times some people feel intimidated. I'm not going to pay nobody to help me do it. But if you need help, it actually helps because when you have a personal trainer, you waste less time. Your program is already designed. You come in, you work out, everything's laid out for you. You don't have to figure it out, right? It helps a lot and they have a level of knowledge that can help you, whether it's me or someone else. So you're saying strength training, that's good to build muscle. If you want to lose fat, you have to do that. Cardio is good, but it's a combination. So what about food? What kind of food do you need to eat to lose weight or to gain muscle? Any tips, not tips, but any information on that? There's so many different um, ideas and theories out there. But for myself, what helped me be successful was eating unprocessed food. Um, everything I eat, either walk the earth or grow out the earth. And, <laughs> and it's all generated by the sun, right? So I don't have anything. I don't eat anything that's man-made. So when you go in between the aisles, you see everything in boxes, all those calories mm-hmm. on them. Those are man-made, right? When you look around at most of your stuff on the outside aisles, your meats and vegetables and fruit, they don't really have calories on them because they're mm. unprocessed. Um, I stay away from fast food. Um, I do have one cheat meal that I have on the weekend. Outside of that, you know, I have more fun eating natural food and it gives me natural energy. A lot of people are saying no matter what you eat, it could be damaging to you. And that's true, but you have to eat something. Uh-huh. So you have to just make sure you wash off your vegetables, wash off your fruit. So make sure you do those things. Watch out for, for gimmicks. So you heard the word organic earlier. Now they said that's not even a thing. Yeah. So you have to be very careful of those things. But I found that eating you know, things that are more natural um, help you a lot more than things that are processed. So what about protein? What's your take on protein? How important is that for health? Um, I'm pretty much on a high protein diet, you know, because I want to 
help my muscles. I want to be able to build more muscles. So I do eat protein. You can get protein several ways. You can get protein through meat, tea, through beans. You can get protein through shakes. Uh, but your the body definitely needs protein. I love fruits and vegetables. Salad is my favorite meal to eat. <laughs> love salad. Love fruits and vegetables. Okay, so the notion is that if I'm on this health plan, I can eat whatever, how much I want. So I can pile it up as high as I want because I'm only eating fruits and vegetables and meat and protein. So what's your take on that? Is that true? No. I, well, for me, it's not. For me, <laughs> for, for, for me um, it's just portion control. We all need it. You just can't <laughs> sit there and, and go to an all-you-eat hot dog contest or you're not going to go sit at Applebee's and eat all-you-eat baby back ribs. So you have to um, have the same level of notion when you're eating your regular food because the portion size matter. I always joke with my clients to tell them a second plate equal a second stomach. You know, <laughs> once, you, <laughs> once you get the nutrients out of the first plate, take your time. We have access to food 24-7. They even came out with DoorDash and Grubhub to give <laughs> the same bad food to your door. So people have access to food all the time. It's just that making the right decision for yourself, make sure your portions are correct, because at the end of the day, food is going to outlive us. So it's just take your time and eat your proper portion size. It'll help you a lot. Hmm. Okay. I have some comments on portion size. <laughs> I do. But Go ahead, Raquel. Ask them. Yeah, Ask go them. Ahead. Yeah, sound like you mad. <laughs> Tell us why you mad. No, I'm not mad. I, I do feel like I, I agree. I think when you eat food, that first plate, they say you're supposed to wait maybe 15 minutes. I don't know the exact science, but you're supposed to wait because your brain has to, you get a message from your brain that you're no longer hungry. But I think sometimes you were so busy eating, 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 and then it tastes so good. The food is good. We want to go back for that second plate. <laughs> but we're not really hungry for seconds if we just take 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so if you do that and you're still hungry, maybe eat a little bit more. But most of it, you don't need that second plate. <laughs> I'm going to make Regina laugh. <laughs> two, <laughs> two of the most temporary things in life that I always tell her are taste, taste and pain, right? Uh -huh. You're always going to have a taste, right? It's temporary. Once you get whatever it is you have a taste for, it's over with. Just like in the gym. If you struggling to try to lift something, you're like, oh, my arm hurt, oh, my leg hurt. It's temporary, right? It's going to go away. By the time you get in your car, turn your AC or heat on and drive off, it's over. Now, right? child. So, <laughs> no, yeah, stop. Right? So, <laughs> so, so those are things that you have to understand. The technical thing is your brain takes 20 minutes to process. You know, your stomach is full, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. just think about some of those holidays with your family. Um, Thanksgiving is uh, quickly approaching. Yep. You will see all type of food, right? What happens? You get up there, you're excited. Your aunt gonna cook that mac and cheese you ain't had a long time. Your <laughs> other cousin, whoever, she fixed some spice cake or whatever. So you get a plate, you load it up. And you're eating all this food and then you're done. You basically land there, you feel miserable, <laughs> you take a nap, then you wake up, then you look around like, what ain't get last time? You know? <laughs> so then you back up there again, right? So just Typical take your time. It. It's funny because I eat now, now, not 
not back then. But now I get what I need and I'm comfortable. I'm not sleepy. I'm not tired. Mm -hmm. I can watch the games. If we decide to go shopping, I can go shop. You know, it's just you have more flexibility. And then you have to think about not only yourself, but think about your family members that surround you. A lot of them may be older. A lot of them may be on medication. Mm -hmm. A lot of them may have ailments, right? And to see them load up on food that could potentially hurt them is, is to me, I'm a big advocate for that. But I just don't put my views on other people. I just make sure that they're okay. Because at the end of the day, you don't want this one day to lead into a health issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can say for me, f because I have a lot of food allergies, food had become an enemy, but then it was also a comfort because it was so many healthy things that I could not eat, that I was just so frustrated. So the things that I could, I just ate them every day. Chips are my weakness. So I would just eat chips every day. I can't really eat anything healthy. I can't do this. So I can honestly say that since I've been working out with you, Ty, I've probably only had two bags of chips, <laughs> a small bag, just, just to be honest, like two bags within, I think I've, we've had like 10 workouts or something like that <laughs> Yeah, that's compared right. to every day. <laughs> I consider that an accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I want to applaud you. I want to applaud good, you for that. Good. But well, I've been able to correct some of my food allergies because I know you talk about when you work out it helps with anxiety and stress mm -hmm. um so my food allergies began a couple of years ago because I had a lot of personal issues going on in my life and I'm not a person that wears stress on the outside anybody that knows me knows that you probably won't even know that I'm stressed because that's just how I am I keep it all inside but it really sent my immune system totally Mm -hmm. out of whack. I mean, everything I was putting in my mouth, it was either going to be my throat was tightening up, feeling funny, or I was breaking out in hives all over. And when I made the decision to come to you, I remember you asking me, because I told you, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be 50 next year. You know, I just want to you know, be the best me I can be. And you asked me, so what you waiting for? And it was dead silence. I didn't even have an answer. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I knew something had to change because I was taking Benadryl every day to eat. And when it first started, before I got my allergy test done, I was literally popping like four Benadryls a day because everything I put in my mouth, I was reacting to. And I just started thinking there's no way that I should be taking Benadryl just to eat. Something has got to change. I got to do something. So that's my testimony to the listeners is that because I've been working out, personal training with Ty, and yes, I frown. Yes, I talk junk, but I know it's working. So <laughs> just give it a try. Give it a try. <laughs> Yeah. You, you'll be surprised that right, just loving yourself enough to start something, that start eating better, start going for walks. Those things are small steps to lead up to things. And you'll be surprised. We all have all the tools we need to, to be great. We have them already, right? And you just see that in a short amount of time, just what investing in yourself looks like and just loving yourself and taking care of yourself. Now you see improvement. And we all have that ability. A lot of times we just got to do it. That's it. We did a podcast, uh, Movement is Medicine. When you do move, you release endorphins, natural endorphins. Your body's releasing a chemical 
right? So Regina, you're feeling the effects of it. You're moving and it's probably changing the chemistry within. And that's probably why you're able to eat different foods or whatever. So I, I do think people look for a quick fix, right? But what we eat and what we put in our bodies really is the fuel that we're giving ourselves and it can really uh, change how we interact and move in the world. So I think that's a good testimony that you have. I was thinking about meeting with you today and thinking about how can I get myself motivated? And so these are things that I came up with and then we can go through all of them. It's pledge, plan, practice, praise, and process. So the pledge is the commitment, right? So like you said, Regina, I'm going to commit. I'm going to turn 50. I'm going to commit to getting my life in order so that I can eat without taking medication. So talk a little about how big is that commitment piece, that pledge piece? Um, it's big um, because the what I found out is that you can lie to everybody, right? But the person you don't want to lie to is yourself mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, it's hard to fix that, right? You know, when you eat something bad or you go to eat something bad, you already know I'm supposed to be eating this, but that's all I can get access to. So I'm going to just go ahead and eat it. So you know those things, but making that pledge and commitment to yourself is kind of letting yourself know, okay, I want to start this now. The The hard part for most people when they do start it is that they're looking at this giant scope. They're not looking at a small bite. They're looking at the whole thing. And the whole thing is overwhelming. It's so overwhelming if you're looking at it that way. So you have to create small things. And you also have to understand if you live a sedentary life, if you sit down majority of the day for work, you're not burning those calories that somebody who works in a factory may be burning. So their nutrition may look different than your nutrition, right? And you have to be aware of, of that when you start a program because you want to start it on the right foot. You don't want to start it halfway in, halfway out. Well, I'm going to start Monday. Mondays never come. I tell people that all the time. When I started, <laughs> honestly, when I had my breakdown, I didn't wait till Monday. I did it that day. Right. You, you say, Ty, I'm going to pledge to myself that I'm going to lose this weight or I want to get in shape. Then your next time you eat food, it should start right then. It right shouldn't now. start five meals after. Well, I'm going to wait till after Thanksgiving, uh -huh. you know, first of the year. First, of, you know, because that's what most people are going to do now. Always right? first of the year. Gym, exactly, gym is but, packed and then February is empty. Yeah. By the time you get some candy <laughs> and some flowers from your special person, they out the gym, right? <laughs> and, and that's what happens. People lose sight of the ultimate goal. They'll feel like I'm okay, right? And we're always going to feel like that, right? Because as soon as you walk past a mirror, you'll be like, oh, I'm all right, I'm all right. And then you start to see this thing forming in your shirt. What is that? Because you kept lying, pacifying to yourself saying, hey, I was okay, but you really wasn't. Uh -huh. So if you're going to start and commit, that's the biggest part commit. of the process. So the next one is the plan. So talk a little about the planning, the long-term and short-term goals, what that looks like. Short-term goals, right? One thing I did when I started in this, but I took a calendar uh, as I was going into January. I took a calendar for the upcoming year. Every holiday, every birthday, every special occasion I could find, I wrote in that calendar. And I started with small goals. I lose in January. I was like, I want to lose five pounds by Valentine's Day. I want to lose five pounds, which is very doable. And that's one thing that I work with my clients on is making sure that their goals are realistic. But I wanted to do five pounds almost every significant day. It equaled up to about 60 pounds throughout that year. 
which was good weight because I'm taking my time. I'm not rushing. And if I lost more weight, guess what? It's a positive. But if you set that goal so high and you say, you know what? I want to lose 30 pounds by Valentine's Day and you lose 13, mm -hmm. then guess what? You You're disappointed. Yep. You're disappointed. You're disappointed. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you stop that habit. I also tell everybody about the benefits of meal prepping. Meal mm -hmm. prepping is very important. I meal prep every Sunday for the upcoming week. If I don't meal prep on Sunday, I've already failed myself, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. I can't be at the gym training Regina and be like, well, look, I'll be back. I got to run to Chipotle. I got to run to <laughs> Wendy's. I got to go get something to eat because she going to look at me like, what, what are you doing? Exactly. You know? so, so exactly, right? So I have to make sure I plan ahead and that keeps me successful uh, because I know I'm already winning. When I'm cooking that food, I'm already winning. And that's any plan. I don't care if it's your job or financial issues, anything. People get frustrated when they don't have a plan. And when you have a plan, you tend to stick in there longer. You tend to deal with things that you probably wouldn't deal with because you believe in that plan that you put together. Mm -hmm. I prepare my meals ahead of time. I know what I'm eating. I'm less likely to huh? eat junk food because I already have it in the refrigerator yep. ready. It's easy for me to grab and I can just eat it. That's one of the things that I have to be consistent with. Next one. The practice. And that's where I was thinking that's like the perseverance. You're pushing yourself. You're pursuing your goals. You're coming up with a daily routine. So how how important is the practice piece of any health plan or fitness plan? It's just important. You can have all the great plans in the world, but with action, you don't have anything, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the you action know. word. Yeah, I like um, that. I think a lot of people are afraid when they first start working out is, you're, you're going to be weak. You're going to be weak before you're strong. You know, mm -hmm. you have to learn how to crawl before you walk. <laughs> and you just can't put it this way. If you could come in the gym and do everything, you don't need me because you already have the knowledge. Mm. But you can't. So you have to take your time. You have to practice. You have to tell yourself, okay, this week well, I was able to lift five pounds. Next week I'm able to lift 10. Time goes on. You get stronger. Now, I will say, I joke a lot of times, I don't want you to come to me for three months if you still picking up the same five pounds. <laughs> well, oh, that's the thing. How do you push yourself? Oh, I hear that's that so it. much. Because, yeah, that's a hard one. Because I could do the five pound weight all day long. That's I can I exactly. have that covered. <laughs> but that's not a challenge. And you don't grow from things not being a challenge, right? But I tell Regina all the time, I said, think about it this way. Think about you having a bank account with a million dollars in it. But you don't know where this bank account is. You don't have access to it, right? That's how strength is. You have the strength inside of you. It's in there. If you don't use it, it's just like your bank account. It don't even matter. So mm. you have to push yourself because you'll find yourself growing. At any level of growth is going to be frustrating. And I know that because I've been through it. So that's why I'm very patient with my clients because I look at them and I see myself at that stage of where they are in their journey. And that's how I'm able to coach them past that point because I know when I wanted to give up, I know how I felt, but you have to keep going. So, and once you get to that point, you're really like, wow, like this is something I can incorporate in my daily life. And that's where you want to be. So how often should you practice? What's the daily routine? Is it Every day, three times a week, four times a week? It just depends on where you are. So if you haven't done any exercise your entire life, you know, and you sit down all day, I would say try with 
two, two to three days of maybe one day of trying to work out and maybe three days of walking. You have to start somewhere. It's, you just not go up and go in the gym and be like, ooh, I'm a workout guru. It just don't work like that. It takes time. My goal is not to train you forever. I should be training you for five years, 10 years. You know, I want to train you to that point. So you have a, a higher level of fitness by the time you leave me. So then the next one is praise. This is the grace that you give yourself to keep going, you make small steps because you're going to have setbacks within that. So how do you praise yourself to keep going? Because it's not going to be easy. Every day. Whether your day starts with an affirmation, a prayer, anything, you need that because it's strength, right? Nobody's perfect and nobody's going to be perfect. I know a lot of people, they get distracted. Um, social media can distract you. TV can distract you. Like everybody has a beautiful body and you're the only one without one. You know what I'm saying? So you have to understand that everything you see may not be real. Uh -huh. And you have to give yourself that grace to allow yourself to know that I'm doing what I need for me. Because at some point in life, looks are going to fade. That vanity is gone. I don't even look at fitness as vanity. I look at it as independence because I'm free to do the things I want to do in life. And as you get older, you, you're going to need the mobility. You're going to want to still uh -huh. drive. You still want to change the living room or stuff around. But if you're not doing anything, it's going to be hard. So definitely give yourself some grace because hey, we're all fighting this internal battle with ourselves to be this person that we want to be. Give yourself that grace. Okay, so you have a setback, yeah, right? Okay. You have a really bad day. <laughs> the kids got on your nerves. You got in a fight with your husband. Work isn't going well. Regina, you're eating three bags of chips and a soda and a candy bar. What the hell? I already messed up today, so might as well do it the rest of the day. And then it becomes a hat. What do you say to about that? How do you handle that piece of it? You have to take your time. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was destroyed in one. Uh. So you have to process the things that you're doing in a different way. Uh, we all have a connection to food, right? But what about a connection to writing? What about if you are a believer, you can read the Bible, you can read a book, mm -hmm. you can meditate. You have to try to break that connection with food as much as possible. It won't be easy. Don't get me wrong. Put it this way. Me, you walk down the street every day and you fall down in the same spot. At the same time, every day on that banana peel, we know where it's going to be, but you still fall. At some point, you will get tired of falling down on that banana peel because mm -hmm. whether it's today, whether it's a month from now, next year, if you quit and you always going to come back to that point, oh, this year, this year, I'm getting shape. This year, I'm getting shape. You're just starting over from the same spot. Oh, so you just take your time, understand what happened and how can we correct it and go forward because you don't have time to sit there and wallow in it. Oh, nobody's coming to save you. I won't have a cape. I'm not coming flying <laughs> in the rescue you, right? So mm -hmm. you have to pick yourself up <laughs> because it's all about, we're all going to fail, but it's how we respond to that failure is going to make us work. Mm -hmm. And you talked a little about this. The next one is process. This is where we have to practice a lot of patience. It's a marathon. It's a lifestyle change. I think a lot of people think that I'm going to do this for a week. I'm going to have that six pack. I'm going to have that beach bar yeah. in a week. And so getting people in that mindset to know that it's going to take time. You didn't gain that weight overnight. Oh, no. I didn't gain this mindset overnight. Right. Yeah. So it's going to take some time. Yeah. yeah. It will take time. And, and that's the thing that I find when I consult with a client sometimes. Some people start off with saying, I don't have that time. And I'm mm. like, well, 
why don't you have that time? Some people are like, I need to lose 40 pounds before the summer. I'm like, do you plan on living past the summer? Because what you want to do that? Yeah, what happens after that? Yeah, exactly. I tell people you have to take your time. Good things come to those who wait. I call it microwaving yourself. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things out here that people get distracted by because they heard two words, fast or either fast or free. Those two things uh-huh. will get been getting people messed up for a long time. <laughs> if you go to a fast food restaurant, they say, we got this for free. Then most people will sit there and try to eat it all, right? Yep. Okay. If you go get surgeries, if that's what you're into, if you need that for your mental clarity, you know, you do that. There are people now taking diabetic medication that they don't have diabetes to lose weight. If that's what you're into, some people are doing that. They uh-huh. have pills. They got all type of programs. But the one thing that they always going to come back to your doctor or whoever is always going to say, I need you to start eating better and I need you to pick up our exercise routine. You're always going to come back to that. So you're basically just microwaving yourself because how many people do you see every day that have these things done? And before you know it, they're back to school. Yeah. So if you never learn how to eat, I promise you, you're always going to have a weight problem. Now, I coach all my clients on that all the time. It doesn't matter what you do. You can look good for a while, but can you maintain it? I've been doing the same thing. I haven't done anything new. I have nothing different. For the last 16 years, I'll eat healthy and I work out. That's it. I haven't had surgeries. I don't take pills. I don't do none of that. I wake up. I chase being happy. And I and that's it. That's what I coach. So the last one is payoff. And I think you talked about that. So the uh-huh. payoff is that you're living proof that this works. I think, like most people, me included, I start something and it goes really well for a while. And then I fall off and then I'm like, oh, well, imagine if we just stick to it. Right. Uh And we're consistent. Imagine what we can do. I say to myself all the time, how many times do you start something you don't finish? If you just finish it, can you imagine the goals you would meet? Right. That's the piece of it. The payoff. There's a reward there for you. You, I'm going to give you something that's totally polarizing. Right. This is crazy. 16 years ago, I was sitting on my couch at 300 pounds. I was working at a company. I worked there for 20 years. Um, I had been in the military. I had done all that stuff, right? But I still found myself at 300 pounds. I was unhappy. And just the thought of losing weight and being better, the thought of it, just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what exercise. I didn't know none of that. I just had a thought of losing weight. And the thought of chasing that, right? Not only was I able to lose 130 pounds, I was able to become a personal trainer. I was able to start a business that I didn't know how to start, right? <laughs> and I was able to leave my job of 20 years to do this full time on wow. my own, just with a thought of being better. Mm. And since I've done that, I've helped multiple people lose over 100 pounds to change their life. I've trained other people to the point they became personal trainers. I have also had people that went on to become instructors, you know, so... My thing is, that was just a thought. Uh, We don't know what we can be. We don't uh know what the payoff is. Uh But I promise you, if you believe in yourself, if Uh you push yourself, if you love yourself enough just to try, the benefits is so 
un, you can't even you can't even understand what is there for you once you just apply yourself. Everybody looks at the work. That's the stuff you don't see. I joke with Regina all the time. <laughs> for, when we're in the gym working out, I said, this is the stuff that your friends don't see. Mm-hmm. But when they see you, they're going to say, girl, you look good. Oh, my God. What are you doing? But yeah. they don't see the work. But that's the thing. People see the finished product and they think that it's easy. I'm not here to tell you it's easy. I'm here to tell you if you believe in yourself enough, it is achievable. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, that with hair. Year. It's the same thing I tell people. Like, you have to invest in your hair. If you invest in your hair, don't buy cheap stuff. Don't try to always get the cheap service. But if you invest in your hair, your hair is going to show the results of that investment. It's that simple. So, yeah, that's It's good simple, analogy. but, you know, as humans... We don't want to do the simple things like going for a walk for 30 minutes. Like, I don't have time. You're talking about 30 minutes. Think about it. You know what? If you don't have time for a 30 minute walk, guess you want to know who got time for you? You want to know who got time if you don't have time? Tell me. Your doctor. Mm. He got time. Because guess what? Because the things you say you don't want to do are the things that you need a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I deal with a lot of people that come in the gym. They're like, oh my God, I don't want to do exercise. It's too hard. Those are exercises that work. People don't get results from doing exercises easy because they've been <laughs> doing it for a long time, right? But when you try something that challenges you, a lot of times people don't like challenges, but you need challenge. When you are challenged, that means a blessing is on the way. It's sent for you because you're strong enough. I, I joke all the time. I'm not going <laughs> to give you nothing I know you can't do because right, if I did right. that, I'm not trying to meet my insurance agent. I don't <laughs> want to write a deductible. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make sure that you're strong enough, you're confident enough to, to get to that next level. And we go from there. Well, those are the pillars I thought about. The P's are the pillars. Those were um, good. Those were good. And yeah, I, those are good. Yeah, hopefully, good. I can try to live by this. Um, and listen, I'm gonna tell you something. Right? <laughs> take the word. I want you to take a word out of your vocabulary. Somebody told me this a long time ago. Take the word T R Y out. Don't say mm-hmm. that word anymore. Try because do. exactly yeah. right okay. because mm-hmm. you're not doing that. You're doing it. You're mm-hmm. not trying. You're doing yes. it, right. Yes, and that's and that's what it is. You are living every day. Take your time, breathe, and just do it. Okay, okay, yeah, just just do it, Nike. Just, just do, do it. it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So the pillars of fitness. I don't know what to call it. The pillars of physical training, or the pillars of health, or the pillars of success. I don't know. I'll think of something. But okay. <laughs> Um, Regina, you want to talk about some tips? You want to ask questions about that? Yeah. So I know that I do in-person training with you, Ty, but for our listeners, let's say it's someone that lives in another state and they want to know like more about your business or how they can get training from you. What are some options you have for them? Pretty much I offer in-person one-on-one training. I also offer small group training and I offer online training as well as mindset coaching. My online training program, uh, a lot of my clients love it um, because it gives them the flexibility. Our schedules don't always match up. They're in different states, like you said, some Mm -hmm. maybe out the country, right? But what's good about it is 
They have their training there. It's an example of the exercise. It's not me doing the example, but it's an example. Uh-huh. And they have their nutrition plan and the accountability pieces there. I set up weekly uh, meetings so we can talk and see how they're doing. Uh, you can take progress photos. You can send me texts through the online platform. And a lot of people have had success in my online platform. And they like it. I train a lot of business professionals and veterans or retirees. A lot of times they travel. So if they can't be in person with me, they can go visit their grandkids or wherever and still get a workout in and still be under that umbrella. So basically there are no excuses. (laughs) There are no excuses. What are some of the excuses you hear from people as to why they can't start a, a plan? It's so many. I just laugh. <laughs> well, give, me, give me an interesting one. Do you have an interesting one that people say the dog ate um, my homework type of thing? Yeah. Most of the time, just generally, you know, I'm busy. I don't have the time. Time is the biggest one mm-hmm. because you'll find most people don't eat for health. They eat for convenience. Yes. Um, yeah. So time is one. Kids. Um, I forgot the meal prep this week. Financial situation has changed. You'll have all type of things. But what I try to do, well, what I do, not trying to do, what mm-hmm. I do in my profession is, is just talk to them and, and just coach them to that point to say that you can do this and mm-hmm. get them back on track. Because your first question when you meet with me shouldn't be, so Ty, when my first cheat meal? When can I eat my cookie? <laughs> exactly. Right. You've been eating bad this whole time. That's the first question you have to Right. Well, you may not be ready. <laughs> you know, my other favorite one is I don't want to lose nothing but my stomach. If I had a pill that I could just give people, I, I would be rich right now. Because Gina, we are one, rolling our eyes. One of the top things I hear all the time is I don't want to lose nothing. I'm going to keep everything. I just want to lose my stomach. And it's hard to spot train. So you have to do overall fitness to lose weight. But I just get a kick out of seeing what people think is healthy and listening to what they're eating and seeing what they're eating. One thing that I have noticed, though, is that a lot of adults, you'd be surprised how many people don't eat. They just snack. I heard the word snack, snack, Mm. snack, snack all day long. I'm snacking, snacking. Would you rather eat a Snickers or would you rather have a steak with some red potatoes and asparagus? And they're like, I'd rather have that. I'm like, okay, we'll eat that. Don't Mm -hmm. eat the Snickers. It's just that sometimes people feel like they just want to grab and go. So if you're busy or they got kids or you're married, you're in a situation. I I joke with people. I tell them that's what you have, food pressure. You could be on a journey and you have somebody that's sitting beside you saying, Hey, babe, hey, when the last time we had some Jersey Mike's or let's order some Papa John's? Mm-hmm. You got five people or three people are ruling you. So you just, all right, let's order it. You're going to try to eat a slice mm-hmm. and say, I didn't eat that much. You know, so you have to be aware of those things when you're on your journey. You'll you be surround yourself with people that are going to help you. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to be faced with a lot of things on your journey. Yeah. That's um, definitely. And one of my memories I had when I was thinking about today is when my mom was sick, she was dealing with an illness and she lived in another state. I remember driving down 95 and I stopped at a gas station and I got a candy bar and chips and soda. Mm-hmm. And for those five hours driving home, I just stuffed myself that was stuffing those feelings, whatever. So I know I'm an emotional eater, right? Food comforts me. So I think a lot of people don't make that connection of what does food mean to you? How do you define it? Questions. Am I snacking a lot? Like you mentioned, um, some people, when they're under stress, they don't eat at all. They yeah. just avoid food. So we have to really look at that relationship and that connection. I would say 
Um, sometimes it can be brought on, like you said, by grief. Um, mm-hmm. Food drives emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, food is loaded with a lot of salt or a lot of sugar in it, right? Mm-hmm. I had started eating to the point where I was eating as if it was a sport. I was just greedy. So I don't think people understand like how bad I used to eat, right? So when I was heavy, um, I had to be to work at six o'clock in the morning. So I would stop by McDonald's at the time. They were offering McGriddles. You get two for three dollars. <laughs> they give you the little small orange juice. I don't want that. Let me pay a dollar and get the sweet tea. So I get a mm. sweet tea. I eat one sandwich, drink half the tea on my way to work. I get to work. I pull up in the parking lot. I'm like, oh, man, I got 10 more minutes. Let me go ahead and knock this other sandwich off. So mm. I go ahead and eat both. So I'm basically clocking in. I'm lethargic at this point. So I'm starting my job lethargic, right? Mm. But mm-hmm. my job, we have a cafeteria. So the cafeteria opens up at nine o'clock. It's some real deal food. So we got pancakes, fried potatoes and onions, bacon, uh-huh. all type of stuff, right? So I go in there, I get three pancakes, cheese, eggs, two uh, two things of uh, bacon, whatever. So I eat that. Like I didn't even bring lunch. I brought a box of oatmeal cakes because I used to love oatmeal uh-huh. cakes. I was addicted to them. So I eat two, three oatmeal cakes in between time for lunch. So 12 o'clock come, guess what? Going back to the cafeteria. They wow. got fried fish, fried chicken, hamburgers, pizza, um, uh, macaroni and cheese. Who grandma fries, was bread. in that kitchen? <laughs> they had food. You had to purchase it, but they had food. So lunchtime, I get two pieces of fish, cornbread, mac and cheese, and fries. I get a, a Welch's grape drink out the machine. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the table. I'm eating good, right? They eat me two more oatmeal cakes. And before you know it, it's 2.30, 3 o'clock. It's time for me to get off. So now I'm a little hungry because it's 2, 3 o'clock. So I stop at McDonald's. I get a, a double cheeseburger, some fries, and a drink. Mm. But you don't even want to know where I'm going. Guess where I'm going? I'm going to the gym. I'm uh. going to the gym. I'm going to play basketball. I need something to eat before I play basketball. But the one day that it alarmed me was I had went in the locker room to wash my face. And an older gentleman had walked up to me. He said, hey, sir, how much fast food are you eating? I was like, what do you mean? He said, because my face was covered in salt. I mean, my face was white like I had paint on it, right? And, and I'm 300 pounds. And I'm, I'm 30 years old. He's like, man, you got a heart attack. And I'm sitting there not really thinking about it. And I'm like, he's right. But after I wash my face, I'm hungry because I can play three, four games. And then <laughs> I stop at KFC. I get three thighs, mac and cheese, potato wedges, two apple pies, and sweet tea. That's my dinner. Wow. Right? But I'm eating all this food all the time. It wasn't because I was emotionally connected to it. I was just greedy. You well, know? you're saying greedy. Were you lonely or bored? Was there another emotion going on? Or was it just honestly, pure greed? Honestly, honestly not. It was it, it was greed and I like the taste. I do know when you eat sweets, you crave it. It's like that chemical with the brain. So then you end up eating more and then you're trying mm-hmm. to f- satisfy that craving. So you eat more sweets, more sweets, whatever. Oh. Right. So I tell people we do this subconsciously and you don't even know you're doing it you're until doing you it. until you identify with it. Because you, you can consume all the food you want to, you know, because it's always available. So medically, did you ever go to the doctor and, you know, blood work check? Did they, were they concerned about your eating? Did you have any health issues because of your poor eating? Um, no, I didn't. That's one thing I thank the Lord for a hundred percent. When I was at my heaviest weight of 300 pounds, I still was healthy. I wasn't pre-diabetic. And the only reason why I was set because I still like to play basketball at a heavy mm, weight. Still I still was moving. Mm-hmm. I was still mm-hmm. active, right? I just knew if I kept eating the way I did, 
Um, I'm not a needle <laughs> person. If I had diabetes, I've been pre-diabetic and I had to give myself insulin, I'd have been like, hey, just drop me off at McDonald's. I'll holler at y'all later because I, I knew I wasn't going to do it. Right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. luckily, I was able to change before somebody else told me to change. And I think that happens to a lot of people is that if that doctor would have said, Ty, you're pre-diabetic or you have diabetes, I need you to lose 100 pounds. It never would have happened. It wouldn't have happened. Because mm-hmm. it would have felt like somebody telling me, and now it would have forced me to choose between food and being healthy. Mm. And a lot of times that will happen to a lot of people. They don't know how to decipher, you know, yeah. if you're eating bad, this is affecting your health. Though it seems like it's just fried chicken, but you could die, you know, mm-hmm. but they don't process it like that. They heart disease, it's just cholesterol. Food. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They just Diabetes. still look at it as it's just food. Hmm. Wow. wow. That's inspiration for sure. How can our listeners get in contact with you? Um, you can get in contact with me through my website, which is www.noblefitnesstraining.com. I'm also on social media, on Instagram at Noble Fitness Training. I'm also on Facebook at Noble Fitness Training. In closing, what's the one message you want to leave our listeners with? What would you like to say to the listeners? I would say that Love yourself. That's the first, because no matter what you do, you have to have confidence. Be confident in yourself to become better. When I started my journey, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I had to try. Just imagine if I didn't try, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. We're going to fail in life, but it's not about the failure. It's about how you respond to that failure and you're going to be fine. Wow. So you lost 130 pounds, but you gained a lot of perspective. You have a lot of people that you're helping, a lot of confidence. So that's really inspirational. Really and have good kept stuff. it off. Over have kept it off. That is mm-hmm. awesome. Yes, yes, yes. That, that is, is yeah. amazing. That is it's amazing. A, it's an everyday battle. <laughs> everyday battle. Not, not that you can try, you're doing. Yeah, I'm doing. Which is good. Yeah, you're doing. I'm, yeah. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing wow. Well, thank you, Ty. Well, you're this yeah, personal trainer. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you guys, thank y'all for having we me on the R and R experience. Yeah, I get the pleasure fun. of seeing you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be ready. <laughs> oh gosh, be ready, Regina. Nah, you gonna be good. Well, well, thank you again. It's been a pleasure talking. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me again. Do you have a question or a comment? Do you have a great story or want to share something exciting? Is there a topic you want us to discuss? Email us at rnrexperience1 at gmail.com. That's rnrexperience1 at gmail.com. The letter R, A and D, the letter R, experience, the number one at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can listen to us on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>